Hello! Welcome to Incrementals Podcast Channel, part of the podcast. In today's episode of We're All Mad Here, I interview Justin Campbell, founder at Chopala. Justin has a wide experience in the creative side, having previously co-founded Adgibbons, which was one of the first mobile rich media companies in the world. Justin recently founded Shopala, a SaaS solution allowing anyone to easily build shoppable ads. We spoke about the industry, about how lack of patience is sometimes a driver to the entrepreneurial route and more. It was really fun catching up with Justin and I hope you'll enjoy listening to our conversation. But, uh, uh, hey Justin! Hey! How good are morning. you? Morning. Yeah, great. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's like, honestly, it doesn't feel like morning since I've been up since six and been on work mode since like 6.30. Um, these are busy times. How, are, how about you? Yeah, that's good, man. I'm also an early starter. Very busy. Uh, getting up at six, going to the gym and then working sometimes till midnight. Yeah, it's, yeah, it sounds like the same, but I'm very efficient in the morning. I'm useless in the afternoon and then <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, Justin, can you introduce yourself and give a little, you know, a lengthy background to how you ended up where you are? Yeah, great. Absolutely. So um, as you can hear from my accent, I'm born in the UK, but I haven't lived in the UK for a very long time. I moved to Amsterdam about 12 years ago. I was working in uh, recruitment and sales and then financial crisis hit and there weren't many jobs going around, but there was a job going at eBuddy. And I don't know if you remember eBuddy, but it was a chat aggregator. So it had MSN, ICQ, um, all of those chat uh, platforms combined into one. And it was a little bit of a precursor to uh, WhatsApp actually. So I worked there for a while and did um, sales uh, and some marketing as well. And that's how I got into the world of mobile. Um, these are the days when companies like Madvertise were starting up, uh, right? And I think, um, you know, not long after companies like, like Hitfox. Um, so I worked in Amsterdam for a bit and then three of us left and started a company called Adgibbon. Um, I, I was just the sales guy there. We tried Adgibbon for about three years to do rich media in mobile. We were way too early. Uh, and we were way too underfunded. So after about three years um, and didn't really work out, we were trying to do something that the market wasn't really ready for. And um, yeah, we, we learned a lot of lessons there. So we morphed Adgibbon into a production company. So Adgibbon changed into AGCS and we've been doing production and coding and designs and campaigns um, for the last uh, around seven years. And then recently, I stepped out of uh, AGCS, and I do two things now. I've started a company called Shopala, which is um, shoppable ads and express checkouts. And I also do B2B uh, sales consulting uh, on the side as well. So I've been in and out of the mobile world for a very long time. I mean, I remember when there was still J2ME, and we were doing like SMS campaigns. So that kind of shows how old um, I am. Justin, I also remember that. And you know, you know, yesterday I was in a panel in some in a conference and I was saying that I'm like 20 years in the industry, but uh, I also said I started my career when I was 10, so that's okay. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, when you're, in an, when you're in a crowd these days with like 20 yeah. year olds, basically people born after 2000, um, it's a, yeah, kind of like alarming to, to understand how much experience in this industry we have. Now, super interesting um, that again, you came from both rich media 
and now shoppable ads. And there's a generic question I always ask in this interview series, which I'm, I'm really curious now to hear your perspective. Is marketing an art or a science? Uh, for me, it's definitely an art. Um, I, I'm, I'm really, I have a creative background, right? So I've always been interested in design and, and art and campaigns. Um, I really do believe that it is an art form. Um, I know you, for example, can, you know, maybe study an MSc in marketing, but marketing, in my opinion, is, is a Bachelor of Arts. It's a BA. Um, what, let me just explain why I think that, because when, when we started at Given, the dream was just to make rich media really accessible and easy to build great campaigns and run them across mobile. And we were pushing the creative. We were pushing the creative uh, uh, pitch. And everyone else is obsessed with statistics and, and, and trying to do mass campaigns and bidding and buying. And, and there was a huge amount of focus on data. Now what we're seeing is finally, especially in the mobile world, we're seeing a shift that because automation has done so much of the piece now that people are now focusing on creative and they know that they can win with creative. Um, and I'm really, really happy to see that. So I, yeah, I'm going to say I'm on the side that it is art. I think that, you know, science is incredibly important in marketing. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, you're speaking to people and um, you don't show someone a piece of data when you try and promote your company. You show them a piece of creative. Nice. And by the way, so we're going to obviously get to Shapala, but I think that like it, it's interesting if Ad Gibbons would have been founded again today, given the, you know, um, deprecation of identifier and people now understanding that you cannot just rely on shitty ads and Facebook's incredible algorithm for targeting. You need to actually invest in the messaging and the creative. Um, so we're going to get to Shopala, so we're going to talk about kind of like why you started it today. But maybe going back kind of like, you know, we've both been in the industry for, for a while. I also like to ask the following question. What piece of advice you would give anyone trying to enter this industry? And then, you know, you can also define what role you're thinking about when you're talking about entering the industry. That is a really great, great question, Mara. I, th I think um, you, in the initial stages, you do need to follow where the money is. Um, you've got to see where, where the money's going at that particular time, and you've got to follow the growth in the market. You can try and do something that's pretty, pretty innovative, um, but at the beginning stages, you, you've got to follow where the money is because you've got to be able to, you know, make revenue, you've got to make profit, and you've got to grow. Um, and it's great to have an amazing vision. It absolutely is. But if you just look at the way it's going with Web3, there's a lot of money going into that. There's a lot of companies starting up. And I'm afraid to say, from my experience, I think that most of them will fail because they're too early, because they're trying to do too much too soon. And um, yeah, I think um, at Given, we were too early and we were poorly funded, but we learned a lot of lessons. And I'm really pleased to say that the company still exists today. It's just a different kind of company. So my advice would be, yeah, look, follow where the growth is. It's great to have cool ideas, but um, keep it real, right? Keep it real and make sure that you are able to bring in uh, revenue at the early stage. Yeah, and, and there was this other um, rich media company that I think was quite popular, but they have pivoted multiple times over the years, right? Who was it? Um, that was Seltra. Seltra, yeah. exactly. They pivoted yeah, they were multiple times. They're absolutely brilliant company, um, but 
like sort of vindicated in a way. Yeah, Seltra uh, have had to change um, in you know their their strategy in a number of ways. Yeah, which which just goes to show like how fast technology moves in this business. Um, it's just incredible. I'm really pleased to say now though that. I am involved in a, let's say, a creative kind of company. I do consulting for a UGC company called Stitched. And so I'm still involved in that world. And I think that, you know, what's been really interesting over the, let's say, the past sort of five years is we've seen the growth of um, influencer marketing and putting creative in the hands of real people. And now we're seeing a growth in user-generated content, which I think that's really interesting. So sort of maybe for the next sort of five to 10 years, we'll see, you know, a lot of growth in that space. And kind of going back there to, do you think it was the like addiction to data and many marketers believing that it's purely a science that made marketers ignore the creative aspect? Or do you think it was something else? Well, if you look at that time, how many real-time bidding platforms were around and how many advertising networks were around, um, I think, it speaks for itself. I mean, there were popping up all over the place, right? I mean, do you remember a company called Volume? It's yeah, a big DSP. yeah, of course. Yeah. Where, where are they now, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that at that time when I was going to the Mobile World Congress, when you looked around, it was about media spend. It was about media, media, media. And it just didn't get a look in. If you go to these events now, I think you do start to see way more dynamic creative companies, companies that look at creative and data i think that's really interesting as well and you do see a lot of um influencer platforms where you can sort of put in your brief and get 200 videos from influencers because you need that content right yeah. so yeah it's a lot's happened in 10 years by the way it's funny like uh, 15 16 years ago when i was working on the web days and actually i was working in the uk um for the AAA agencies um and there ugc user generated content like sites were typically forbidden by agencies they didn't want uh, to associate like you know brands uh, uh, take i don't know o2 or um, what was it back then yeah o2 was like the biggest one but we had a couple of they did not want to be associated with user generated content because they were afraid and it's amazing but today influencer marketing basically advertising on Instagram on TikTok, it's like you want to be there. You want to be picked up by an influencer um, because right. of the user level creativity that they really want to leverage. It's incredible. Yeah, they were terrified, right? They were worried that their people would actually like secretly hate them and say bad things about them. And actually what these brands have realized is like, oh, hang on a minute. Our customers actually like us and they want to talk about us. And of course, there'll be someone who said something nasty and doesn't really like you. Um, uh, but there'll be loads of people that say, oh, I absolutely love my, I love the brand and I've always bought these and I've always, you know, gone there. Right. So it's absolutely brilliant how it's turned around. Definitely. To be fair though, the, the user generated content, like the, the social networks back then, Bebo tagged MySpace, they didn't have the same, let's say safety nets that Instagram has and so on. Even though again, obviously there's a lot of shit also happening on um, platforms, but it was not under, it, it was it was completely unregulated back then. There are some yeah. regulations today. There's also self-regulation self uh, auditing. There's also more technologies to kind of detect, you know, if someone is putting a, uh, a very, very horrific uh, image, you have algorithms to actually detect and either ban that post or, or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Technology uh, helped a lot. 
Um, and I think it will get better and better and better. I, I just love the way that you do see now um, in teams. So you'll have a social media manager in, in a team, in a brand. And very, very soon, you're going to start seeing UGC managers. Um, or I think people start to call it something like a community manager. So that's definitely a trend that we'll start seeing in the brands in the near future, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I also see it um, here and there already, already with like bigger companies who understand that they really need to invest in their community, in their customers. And yeah, their, their customers are sometimes their essentially best ambassadors, best salespeople. Well, that's a really good point that you've made there. So I saw something on LinkedIn yesterday. I'll try and dig it out. But... They, they just did a, it's a very simple service. Like if, you, if you're going to buy something, where do you get the recommendation from? Like, and, and why would you choose to buy that product? And I think it's something like 78% of people would say, well, if I get a recommendation from a friend or a family member, then I'm, I'm like 100% more likely to buy it. And um, an influencer recommendation from, let's say, a standard like influencer, like a, a normal person, that was hovering around 22%. Mm. And then a recommendation from a celebrity was only something like 5%. So the difference from a celebrity endorsement to a family or friend endorsement is huge. It's like 5% to like 78%. So that's that's what marketers have to tap into and it's incredibly difficult i think word of mouth and recommendation it's the holy grail of marketing it really is um so that's where people are going to focus their attention on and i think that ugc and and creative heading in that direction like genuine creative um is very very exciting cool let's talk a little bit about chapala what made you start it and what is it? Maybe give an introduction, you know, it's... Yeah, great. Yeah, so, okay, so what is Shopala? So Shopala is a way of advertisers to build mini checkouts and uh, shoppable ads. So in effect, you're building a very, very small uh, e-commerce site. So you upload um, products, you upload your brand logo and information about that product and you send users directly into the checkout process for a single item or a box set or a special offer or something like that. The whole goal of Shopala is that you can check out within an ad environment within 30 seconds. And that ad environment can be anywhere. It can be on TikTok, it can be on Pinterest, it can be on Instagram. And we're currently developing that the, the um, checkout process can happen inside a rich media banner. Um, why did I start Shopala? Well, I was on Instagram one day and I saw a pair of leather motorcycle gloves that I wanted to buy because I have an e-bike and in the winter here in, in the Netherlands, very, very cold. And I was getting super cold, dry hands. And I thought, I need some leather gloves. And I saw some advertised and I thought, amazing, I'm going to buy those. I clicked on the Instagram ad and i landed on this shopping website and i was on a completely different page i got totally lost it asked me to sign up to the newsletter mm. it, you know it asked me to make an account it was just it was a nightmare and i thought to myself man that company that was selling those gloves has just lost me as a customer forever now if they'd have given me the opportunity to click on the ad select small medium large and then buy it within 30 seconds they would have had a sale and probably they would have had a customer for life. And maybe I would tell my friends about these gloves and, and so on and so on. That's why I started Shopala because I was so annoyed with the checkout process. 
I'm, I'm also very, very impatient. So if something takes me too long to do, I'm not going to buy it, right? You're the same, Mara, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, by the way, I mean, in actual stores, for example, I don't know if I go to the cash register and there's a person there in front of me and then the uh, store starts upselling them or tries to upsell them to a loyalty program and then gives them forms to fill. I'm like, fuck this. I just drop my stuff and go. Um, I have little patience. That's why I much prefer online shopping personally because um, you know you just click a button buy it but so like online shopping ads have existed what what bugged you about the the ones that are were already there what was lacking that you've made better with Chopala? yeah so i mean online shopping ads exist a hundred percent but the majority of them click through to a, um, a shopify store or woocommerce store or, or what have you or, you know, or through to Zalando. So the ad, the shopping ad itself, it doesn't exist, but the shoppable part where the whole, you know, process is in a very enclosed environment, they don't actually exist at the moment. There's a few examples of them. And a lot of the big companies uh, like TikTok, like Facebook, they're, they're working on them right now, but they're not quite there yet. So that's where I see um, a big opportunity. Um, Again, just... Maybe, maybe to understand more about Chopala. So today, often, you know, like uh, brands would want the customer in their website because they also want to own the customer. They want to, I don't know, their email address. They want their contact details. With Chopala, do they still get this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's sent an API connection. Oh, wow. Okay, super cool. Nice, nice. They own, they, they own everything. Potentially, Shopala can then say, hey, we know that these people like to buy cosmetics. And then we can say to other advertisers, these people also want to buy some cosmetics. Um, so there's a lot of layers there. Um, it will require trust, right? So uh, advertisers will need to trust us with that data. But um, no, they get it. They get all the information. It's all sent through an API. Yeah. Wow, nice. So who are you working with today? Mostly is it D2C or is it e-commerce websites? or apps? It's e-commerce. Yeah, yeah, e-commerce sites. Um, so yeah, people selling gadgets and things uh, online. I think the price point is quite important. It's unlikely you're going to check out very, very quickly um, if you are selling something that is a very high value, right? So if it's in thousands of euros, you're not likely to do an express <laughs> checkout. Unless, of course, you've been retargeted uh, 10 times and they know you're going to buy it eventually. That can yeah. potentially work. Yeah, but you know, I also don't think that there's too many customers clicking an ad and like, oh, I'm gonna buy this car. I think, uh, yeah, there are certain <laughs> products that where it makes sense, and there are certain products where it really doesn't make sense. But I do like the idea, and uh, you know, it's like again, it, it's it's my platform, it's my interview. So, what's the business model for Shopala? Yeah, so you're gonna charge a monthly software cost, and then you can build. You can basically scale up, and you can build more and more checkouts if you scale up the monthly okay, software so cool. cost. Yeah, there are like tran transaction fees involved, um, but that's on the side of payment companies. So, for example, PayPal has very high fees. Um, Stripe, it's not too bad actually. Uh, and what happens is that when people sell through the platform, they get a wallet where all of the sales revenue goes in, we deduct the fees. We don't make any money on the fees because it's not really worth it for us. And then they can just download the revenues that they've made. Nice, cool, wow, interesting stuff. And now let's go for a different topic. The 
holy grail in advertising is generating incremental sales, like sales that the advertiser wouldn't get without advertising. How do you think a smart creative can make the difference between sales being incremental versus not being incremental? Yeah, so this is where we might need to do a cut, Maura. So, like, question for you is when you when you say like when you talk about incremental, can you sort of explain exactly what you mean by it? Because I get conflicting um, sort of statements about this. Yeah, so the, the easiest example would be, again, you have a thousand sales a month. Now you advertise. Now you have uh, 1,200 sales a month. Means that without the advertising, you would have had a thousand. And with the advertising, you have 200. So the 200 are incremental sales. If you had a thousand um, um, sales a month and you started advertising and the reporting platform shows you you are getting um, 200 sales a month but the actual amount you're actually getting is still a thousand sales a month then your advertising is not yielding incremental sales it's just getting credit for 200 sales you would be getting already so question yeah, again is like, wanna... can a creative can smart creatives make be the difference between sales being incremental versus non yeah 100 percent so um, once again, let's go back to UGC because it's some stuff that I'm working on at the moment. Running a campaign, I can't say the company name right now, but they are promoting an app. So they're pushing for app downloads. They have been running what I would call like designed animated creatives. And um, this goes for everything, right? So this could be shopping ads. This could be app downloads. This could be a car ad. It, it, it really doesn't matter. The biggest mistake that a lot of companies have been making for a long time, and they're wising up to this, is that they run too few creatives, right? They need to run as many as possible. And then they'll see when they're getting a winner. And you can very, very clearly see incremental uh, improvements from running multiple creatives. What we've seen with, with UGC, for example, is one of those creatives got 30% uh, better performance than the best ever creative they've ever run. So, yeah, smart creative, potentially even dynamic creative and definitely creative testing will have a big impact on, on incremental sales, definitely. Cool. Now, um, switching to a lightning round. So in the lightning round, again, I came up with a couple of keywords flying around the industry and just would love your quick thoughts about each one of those, um, starting with influencer marketing. Well, I think a lot of it's fake. Um, I think we're coming a little bit towards the end of the the influencer era so um let's see let's see how that uh, pans out in the in the coming years um just doesn't feel so cool and genuine anymore and there's been a few influencer companies been busted for promoting products that they just don't they don't even use and they don't even know what they do <laughs> and i don't think people are stupid so i think they'll wise up to that so influencer marketing yeah, I think nano influencer marketing will be will be cool, but that's because you're talking to real people, right? So that's where that's heading more towards UGC. By the way, you know, and I, I didn't think about it. And again, I think we've both been in the industry for enough time that we have some cynicism. I wonder if a few of the influencer marketing networks are essentially affiliate networks in disguise means that, you know, the same click bot traffic and so on masked with a nice influencer name. So it makes it a bit harder for the uh, advertiser to actually understand that this is just not real. 
I'm I'm sure there's some of that going on. Yeah, it's a bit sad how like being in the industry for uh, more than a decade makes you quite cynical sometimes about the uh, results you're seeing. But I do think that there are some companies out there that are really doing interesting uh, things when it comes to influencer uh, marketing. Like again, other than influencers themselves, but there's a couple of platforms or I don't know if you call it platforms or influencer networks or whatever. Some of them, I personally think, are doing a pretty good job in the way they're handling, uh, like this, uh, this side of the world. Yeah, I do indeed. I think it's been around forever. I think it, you know, I th- you can go all the way back to when Hollywood stars, in in maybe even going back to the twenties and thirties, when they they just in, endorsed products. I think that you know the Queen of England still endorses products. Uh, for a long time she was endorsing cigarettes. I think the Queen of England stamp was <laughs> on a box of cigarettes. It's the same principle. Oh we want to have right we want to have people people we want to have people that we trust to endorse the products that we wish to buy. And influencer marketing is doing that but on a smaller scale. I think what's happened is it's just become very fake. Um, and now we need to start thinking about let's make it a bit more real and and then we can get this word of mouth thing that everybody everybody wants. Just imagine, yeah, there you go. Just imagine if Clash Royale managed to get the Queen's endorsement. Um, <laughs> it was Benson and Hedges. The Queen smoked Benson and Hedges cigarettes. The stamp was on the box and everything oh. the Queen used to buy used to have a little stamp on the box. <laughs> I mean, now times have changed, right? Who cares? And, yeah. and obviously don't smoke. Yeah. NFTs. I think this is incredible. Like, I think that what we're seeing now with NFTs is a lot of hype. Um, I think bored apes and, and all that sort of thing and, and, and a really huge prices for an NFT piece. That's the beginning hype. But I think the potential of NFTs and how they can be used in, in our day to day lives and in business is just really incredible. I had a great example of once where you have a legal contract and a legal contract is an NFT. It has a token. It has a value attached to it. It then updates itself on a blockchain. So that legal contract never goes out of date. And you simply buy the NFT of that particular contract. And I mean, just the opportunities there are insane. Um, I'm really excited by it. I think it's still very early days. I think the the fact that nfts are associated to pieces of artwork are great but i think nfts will move much more into a data space and um, also a security space as well so people are also talking about like having your own data so information about you as an nft and you can say look this is the kind of guy i am this is the kind of stuff i buy buy my data pay me for it because you want to know stuff about me that is effectively a token that someone can buy i'm just i'm really excited about it i only think that it's just very very early and there's a lot of hype okay, i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a curve a curveball at you 320 on 50 banners mobile banners <laughs> no <laughs> no no okay. just no okay um affiliate marketing i never really got my head around affiliate marketing um i sort of missed all of that thing you're, you're lucky with the cookie-less world i think affiliate marketers are gonna really struggle um to to manage that like they're gonna have to prove that they made the sale and 
there's a lot of data implications there and i i, th I think they're going to have to adapt and i think a lot of them will struggle what i would say is shopala is brilliant for affiliate marketers because they can promote stuff online they can do the sale they can take their cut and then they can send the rest to the advertiser so shopala is really great for affiliates cool justin what's a random fact about you random facts about me um i'm obsessed with cricket <laughs> i'm english and i am obsessed with cricket um i play here in the netherlands um when i arrived in this little town where i live now there's a cricket club which is oh, wow. hundreds hundreds of years old and they unfortunately were not doing very well they only had about 12 members so i came in and i did some facebook marketing for them and did a lot of advertising And now I'm really happy to say that we're almost 100 uh, members wow. of the cricket club. Cool, nice. And Justin, if people want to find you, ping you, message you, where where can they do that? Yeah, great. So please just go to shopala.io. So that's S H O P L A A L. Hang on, let me say that again. I'm gonna put a S link. That's that's okay. That's all good. I'm gonna put a link. <laughs> I need another coffee. S H O P A L A dot io shopala. Cool. I'm going to put a link in the description. So, um, cool. So, Justin, thank you so much for your time. Sorry for the midway tech issue. So, for the listeners, if you hear like a, a weird cut, it's because my internet fell because I'm in Berlin and Berlin did not evolve to the like 21st century, apparently. Uh, Justin, thank you again for your time. It's been a pleasure. Amazing, Mara. Thank you. And, um, you, you know, please come on my podcast next time. Uh, you thank you. Cool. Have a great weekend. Thank you.